0: the los angeles chargers have a superstar quarterback in justin herbert but have yet to win a playoff game are they primed for a deep run in 2023 it's chargers day and we're breaking them down from every angle today on the Locked On nfl scouting podcast
2: you are locked on nfl scouting with the draft Dudes, your daily podcast for nfl and college football scouting part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: what's better than this it's guys being dudes here on the lockdown nfl scouting podcast we're the draft dudes i'm joe marino from lockdown bills he's kyle Krabs from lockdown dolphins and we are your nfl experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the lockdown nfl scouting podcast with the draft dudes part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day I'd like to thank you for making lockdown nfl scouting your first listen every day and of course a big welcome to our everydayers You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much.
1: Joe, I'm going to be honest. It's a little risky with the intro to talk about not winning a playoff game. still probably a little too soon Mm -hmm. for Chargers fans with how their playoff experience went this past year.
0: Yeah, I recently went through it uh, with them uh, again this morning. So, A little bit of a low blow if you ask me. Hey, it's about building some hype, talking about it, being real about what's going on here. You got a talented team, a really exciting quarterback. It's time for some success. Let's go get it.
1: So Let's let's go get it. Yeah, let's go get it. Okay, so I think the first disclaimer that needs to happen when talking about the Los Angeles Chargers is the biggest offensive addition is not a player, right? This is a roster assessment. They're getting some players back healthy, Rayshon Slater being most notable, played about 150 snaps last year. Him being back will be huge for the Chargers. But the arrival of Kellen Moore and what that is going to change for what this offense was versus what it is, I think is a really exciting development for uh, the Chargers, who I think is a team through the ball, uh, second highest rate of any team in the NFL from a volume perspective. It was over 700 pass attempts on the season. Justin threw 699 pass attempts. It's a crazy volume in the passing game, but the yards per attempt and the complaints about not pushing the ball down the field and kind of operating within a condensed box with a big arm quarterback, you saw all that on tape. And I think what Kellen Moore, when you think about Dak Prescott throwing to CD lamb and throwing to Michael Gallup and having running game to have as your counterpunch and and taking shots down the field, that's what I'm most excited about about the Chargers, because we're going to get in here and we're going to talk about the depth chart, which if you're on YouTube, I have loaded for you guys to take a look at. And it's if you're familiar with the Chargers, you're probably not going to be surprised by anything we say about the talent on the offensive side of the ball, because there's not so much changes. I think there's some interesting changes on defense, but offensively, this really, for me, the centerpiece discussion point is Kellen Moore and the differences for what that's going to mean for the offense. I think that's a good place to start, and,
0: you know, we kind of talked about this yesterday when we got into the Dolphins and Vic Fangio being Mm -hmm. a big addition, and when we got to the Patriots, we talked about the arrival of Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. I think you could see a big impact here with Kellen Moore um, and what he can get out of this unit. One thing that's really interesting to me is we're somewhat disappointed by not unleashing Justin Herbert and his big arm with a ton of frequency I wonder how much of that is tied to um, the makeup of his weapons, right? At wide receiver, Um, a lot of similar skill sets, a lot of possession style receivers, guys that win with leverage and ball skills and body control and a lot of catch radius, but not necessarily a, a group of receivers that you look at and say there's dynamic separators, there's legitimate vertical threats, there's yards after catch talent, right? And I think the absence or the presence of the skills that they do have and the absence of what they don't have might lead to uh, some challenges and how you can really um, stress teams with how they're willing to space the field against you. And you can probably stay leveraged and not really worry about a whole lot getting behind you as an opponent based on these weapons, because you're just willing to live with them living with contested situations down the field. And so they add Quentin Johnson, a first round receiver out of TCU who I think in some ways, it is, but also another another skill set that um, needs to be polished, right? You're looking for him to take a step as a route runner, and you know, for a big-bodied possession-style catch point type receiver, he wasn't that good at that at the Big Twelve level, and so now you're introducing him to the NFL. I would have wanted a stylistically different type of receiver. I would have been more interested if I were the Chargers and a Quentin and, and a, a Jordan Addison or a Zay Flowers type skill set as opposed to Quentin Johnson. So. I wonder how much the makeup of the weapons here, which I, I recognize there's some talented players and you can really respect Austin Eckler and the volume that he's been able to command over the last couple of years as a runner and as a receiver, the touchdown production, pretty good tight end and Gerald Everett, um, but not necessarily dynamic separators or burners or you know uh, that type of talent here to really unlock
1: the passing game. So I think that brings me to a good point. Um, Keenan Allen obviously missed some time last year, but when he was available... Produces man, he was as good as ever, and he's yeah. he's got to be the key cog in the wheel in the passing game in my mind because you have size mismatch guys on the outside now with Quentin Johnston, who I expect to. You know, I don't think he's going to run the most diverse or polished route tree right away. I agree with you. I think he was more of a uh, a beneficiary of the the space of Big Twelve defenses and and some of his run after catch. You know, if he is running the under routes, he'll have those chances at the NFL level too. But wasn't really a route, especially when you, the foil and the, the threshold is Keenan Allen. How good of a route runner he is, how good his hands are. Kicking him inside, I think is going to be really keeping him inside, I should say. It's going to be really beneficial to him at this stage in his career because he's never really been the most dynamic player. But when you're as crafty and as technically refined as Keenan Allen is, Duke can still go. And And he averaged 75 yards per game this year. So you look at the receiving production, well, yeah, he missed seven games, but the games that he was on the field, I mean, he he put it up big time. And uh, you talking about having so many comparable body types or skill sets in the passing game, I think Gerald Everett and Keenan Allen as the two middle of the field receivers have to be the X factors that, Kellen Moore consistently puts in positions to make the big plays and give you trouble with how you defend them in the passing game.
0: I really like the makeup of this starting offensive line. I'll say that. Um, you know, Rashawn Slater is an stud. absolute stud. Yeah, we only got to see him for, I think, three or four games last year. But getting Jamari Sawyer on the field and him being able to step in and perform like he did, and now you look at him as a starting guard uh, you feel like that was kind of the silver lining in not having Slater last year. You get him back, now you feel like you've unlocked the starter and saw your – thought Zion Johnson looked really good, especially as the season moved along. I, I uh, started with the Tennessee game, um, and, and I thought he was terrific. And then in the postseason game, the other two games I watched, he was really good, especially kind of moving bodies and being physical. And I think that's a really good guard tandem. And you have a, a quality center in Corey Lindsley, and then Trey Pipkins is really – elevated himself and I think proven himself as at least a sufficient level starter at right tackle that, you know, still has some upward mobility here. So I, I, you know, you don't want any injuries here. I don't love the depth of this offensive line, but I think that starting five is a good group to have in front of Justin Herbert and give your offense a chance to, you know, be what Kellen Moore wants it to be.
1: Imagine being surprised that Jamari Salyer can actually play how he went to the sixth round versus his tape at Georgia. I don't know about you, but like, that one really mm-hmm. surprised me. Yeah, it surprised me too. Um,
0: but the Chargers are going to be but the beneficiaries of that. I think, he, you know, I
1: think he might be a better guard than he was a left tackle last year. Yeah, so up front, what I, what I really like about the composition of the group is Zion Johnson, Jordan McFadden, Jamari Sawyer are all players who if you were in a pinch and you had to play him at tackle would you yeah. feel okay of course they they've all they're all experienced at tackle so having that amount of versatility with this group i think really stands out to me as being an, an appealing factor and they made the decision to re-sign Trey Pipkins i think he got 8 million uh, per year in free agency uh, with that first contract expiring, and as a small school player that's developed and, and pressed for playing time, he's a, he's a great testament to having the uncoachables and developing offensive linemen. And, and you know, players with certain statures and lengths and athleticism are just going to get chances at the NFL level because they always have a chance to be something that just a try hard guy who was a, a one star recruit or a two star recruit can't be. Uh, if they have maxed themselves out physically. So I think Pipkin's nice storyline there. Uh, he's been a serviceable starter. I would agree with you. I think that that's the threshold. That's obviously the bucket that we put him in as an adequate starter. But you know, I I like this group. You know, the Chargers for a really long time were a team that you talked about. Yeah, but the offensive line. I don't mm. think you can feel that way now, especially with Zion Johnson coming into year two, uh, Corey Lindsley being – as good as he has been the development of Salyer, which is the best thing that could have happened is the silver lining to the ratio on Slater injury, Slater coming back. Like they got a lot of versatility. They got a lot of power up front
2: yeah.
1: and um, however they choose to play. I think they're physically capable up front of doing it.
0: Lesson learned from Tom Telesco. I think he really spoiled the end of Phillip rivers run with the chargers by not having the offensive line figured out. And so, uh, good job getting it corrected for the start of the Justin Herbert era. Uh, really weird side note, I thought Matt Filer struggled last year, and, and they might be better for him not being part of this mix anymore. I, I, that was a disappointing uh, output in terms of when I was watching these games and, and seeing where the L's were coming from. It felt like Filer was a lot of times that guy. Yeah. And so um,
1: we'll see we'll see if he gets it going with Tampa. But um, And case in point, he he did not have a big market. In free agency. Yeah, He he lingered there for a while. So I think the league told us they agree with that assessment as well.
0: All right. We are going to continue this conversation, focusing on the defensive side of the football next. But first, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And uh, there's so much to love about betting over at FanDuel. You got great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure, easy to use app. You get paid instantly. And there's so much that you can get in on. Of course, the NBA Finals, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals are here. We got to get the Gato's got to get it going here. We're struggling a little bit. Doesn't look too good. Uh, but we got the Major League no Baseballs kind of. in full swing. <laughs> Footballs futures. And so, if you're a Chargers fan and you think Justin Herbert's going to be the MVP, I think you can get in on those odds right now. And, uh, uh, you know, put some money down if, you, if you're if you feeling good about that. So uh, there's simply no better place to get in on all the sports action than over at America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: So I'm still new to hockey, but I think the overwhelming takeaway the first few games of the Stanley Cup final is Vegas is a more talented team. It's heartbreaking. It's Nobody clean, wants this for Jack Eichel. Nobody. They, they just everything they do is cleaner. They're handling passes cleaner. Mm-hmm. They can actually like it, a lot. Florida a lot of turnovers in their own end. Vegas looks faster, which is crazy because Florida had the big layoff because they swept mm-hmm. Carolina in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think the Western Conference Finals went to Game Six. A little further for sure. Yeah. So I think that the the layoff hangover has bit. It's that that reimagination of the. We don't want the bye week. We don't. Mm. We want to play in the wild card round. We'd rather play. We don't want to take the week off. We're playing too good right now. You believe that? Do you buy that as a thing? Um,
0: no, not not
1: for football at least. Maybe for these other sports, I I would instinctually be inclined to agree with you, but yeah. I don't know the science or the numbers. Behind.
0: Yeah, I don't either. Uh, what you're describing right now sounds a lot like me when I watched the Mets and the Royals in the world series, what was that like 2017 or something like that, maybe further back. And I'm just watching this play out and I'm hopeful that the Mets are going to win, but every single game, it's more and more clear that the Royals were just a fundamentally better baseball team. Mm -hmm. And across seven games, you know, you've got to be hard to win. Right.
1: right, You're going to need some bounces of the ball or the puck. Um, Let's talk about bounces the ball for the Chargers defense last year. Where do you want to start, and why is it with this paltry 5.4 yards per rush conceded defense? Man, I hate that we have to start there
2: because
0: there's a lot to like about there the There is unit. a lot to like, it, it, I agree. It, we but will this get- is hard. Yeah, this is we a will hard get the
1: swallow. <laughs>
0: no, but it's it, it's reality and I think Chargers fans know this but you look at this team and you say, "Well, we're just going to run the ball all over these guys because that's what teams just do." And for them to I mean basically do nothing at defensive tackle here, we're just running it back with Austin
1: Johnson. How dare and Sebastian you, Joseph Day? How dare you disrespect the likes of Scott Matlock and sure. Gerard Clark? Right. Couple of rookies. I mean critical additions to the defensive tackle right. room.
0: That's uh, minus Drew Tranquil plus Eric Kendricks. Like our run defenses figured out? I don't think so. I, I I still have the same level of concern that I've had for it feels like three, four years in a row now, but the middle of this. This Chargers defense, nothing.
1: It, it, I, this might be the worst it's looked in years. Hey, by the way, you lost your nickel from last year, and you lost your starting one of your starting safeties from last year as well. Bryce Callahan and Yeah, uh, Nasir Adderley surprisingly retired at twenty six.
0: You'd like to think that there's a plan, corner wise, to get Jackson Davis and Samuel on the field at the same time for your your, your whatever inside player you want your two, you know, perimeter players.
1: They're, they're your three best corners. I know see Taylor's a encouraging developmental player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, JC Jackson's got to be a lot better than what he was before he got hurt though. That they was, bet. it was, it was Joe it was catastrophic.
0: He was awful. It was looking like he was back with the
1: Patriots trying to cover digs. Now for people who might not appreciate that reference. You have to quantify that every time the play tree, Patriots played the Bills, and they tried to lock Jackson on Diggs, he could not cover him to save his life. Yeah, it was
0: it was double digit catches, 100 yards, and a couple tutties from from Diggs that day. In in, but every other game, Jackson seemed to be pretty good. I talked to my uncle, Uncle Buzz. Shout out Uncle Buzz, who's a big Patriots fan. So that's something that I have to live with. Is uh, he work for Star Command? Um, no, he doesn't. But that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, he's a big Patriots fan. And I remember when Jackson was a free agent, him and I had a conversation. He's like, Joey sticks. He goes, he's not that good. He gives up tons of catches, tons of plays. He just, he gets some interceptions that move the needle, but he gives up a whole lot more than he, you know, he actually takes away. He He was, he was excited to see the Patriots not pay him. Hmm. And he's not like a, just a company guy. Like he's very critical of his team. You know, some people aren't willing to do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you saw the worst of him, and now, you know, he's, Got a big contract. I mean, certainly he's going to be competitive. Want to come back and play better, you know? Not be defined by getting benched and then getting injured in his first year of a big deal with the with the Chargers. But my goodness, there there there's got to be a whole lot more from J.C. Jackson moving forward.
1: So he he needs to recapture what he was at his best. And, and case in point, playing for playing for Brandon Staley is very different than playing for Bill right? Like ideologically, what you do defensively. There's a lot of match site adjustments, but just ideologically more of a zone-heavy team versus a man-heavy team. Developmental curve or or learning curve, you're not surprised to hear that's a thing, but for the dollars that they committed, that's a really critical investment that needs to be better. The good news is if if it's not better, you have Michael Davis and you have Asante Samuel. And you have Derwin James to kind of be a chess piece to play behind it. But if you're going to do that, then either JT Woods in year two or Aloe Gilman needs to show up big at safety to allow Derwin James to move. Now, Woods has the range. Yeah, so it's going to to kind of get it.
0: Yeah.
1: Aloe Gilman does not. And there was nobody who's a bigger fan of Aloe Gilman coming out of Notre Dame than me. I love this game. And I think if Derwin James wasn't here, Aloe Gilman would probably be a really fun player to. In that role. Kind of be a low safety who's an enforcer and kind of shallow zone player. But you want Derwin James in that spot. So that means, ideally, a not the guy. And that means JT Woods, I think, in year two has to really pop big. Now, he's long and fast and fluid. But coming out of Baylor, he was a little bit raw. So I'm excited to see what that looks like in year two. But you need one of those two guys, JT Woods or JC Jackson, to really elevate their play to ensure that the versatility that you have on the back end is optimized to its best ability. In my mind. Talking about these edge rushers, Joey Bosa and Khalil and Mack. Morgan I mean, Fox low key is, is a really nice early down guy too. Yeah. We didn't really get to see those guys
0: healthy together last year for mm-hmm. much. Um, and so if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm getting really excited about Bosa Mack healthy entering 2023 because I I feel like they can both really be high impact players. Of course, right? Like of course, Bosa can. But even Mac, as he's kind of aging, I still saw a lot of uh, the qualities that you know I, I've always he's loved about watching. Yeah, he's he is man, and he can ball. play the run and super <laughs> flexible. I mean, he's he's a really nice football player. And then I mean, how about Tuli Tui below two uh, as a Green draft head. pick here? Yeah, it's a it's a fun it's a fun edge group situation. You mentioned Morgan Fox. Even Chris Rumpf is. Uh, you know, we always figured it would take a little time for him. but big, you know, big special teams contributions from him last year, though. Yeah, he's a good he's a good player to have on your team. So there's just – there's a lot to like about the edge. and I mean, look, Michael Davis and, and Asante Samuel are really nice players. Um, I, I'm excited about both of them. You mentioned Derwin James. There's a lot of good here on this defense. Uh, but it's kind of spoiled by being concerned that you're just going to lose up front against the run and teams are going to gas you. And um, that's going to make it hard for your – Edge rushers to be their best, for your ball hawks in the back end to be their best, right? You got to be able to be stout up front. And I just
1: don't know if this defense has it. Yeah, you, you got to win on first down a lot to make the good parts of this defense show up yeah. mo- most consistently, right?
0: Yeah, you got what are they, the old cliches about you, you earn the right to rush the passer on third down? Like a lot of that's true
1: here for the Chargers. So I think if you do look at the interior of the box, right, you've already mentioned the names Austin Johnson, Sebastian Ooh. Joseph Day. And behind them, Eric Kendricks being brought in. I do think that is an upgrade. Now, I Drew thought Drew will played really well last year, but I do think Eric Kendricks, even at this stage in his career, is an upgrade. And the good news for Ke- for the Chargers is Kendricks played for Donatel last year in Minnesota, so there's some familiarity with conceptually what you are doing. So I think that that puts him in a position to maybe assimilate to this defense. Uh, As quickly as possible. But the other linebacker spot. Whether it ends up being Kenneth Murray. Whether Dion Henley comes in and shines right away. That needs to be a better spot. And I think that's what makes it really hard to reconcile what you have in front of them. Is that other stack linebacker spot. And again. Derwin can do that too. But he can only do one thing at a time for your defense. On any given play. So where do you play him on early downs? Is he in the box? Is he in the nickel? Is he fitting in that way? Is he coming from depth? You you just have an answer there that that has to be reconciled. And and Kenneth Murray, I think if it's not gonna happen now, and and you probably could have said this last year, if it's not gonna happen now, then it's probably not gonna happen.
0: I have some thoughts about Kenneth Murray. We gotta come to consensus on him we as do. well as a couple other players. So Uh, How about that as a cliffhanger? When we come back, we come to consensus?
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: All right, Joseph. We should probably start with Kenneth Murray then.
0: Yeah, real quick though. We have Kenneth Murray, Josh Palmer, and Gerald Everett. As I was comparing, I was just peeking at your your graph versus mine, and I think we got to look at Gerald hey, Everett. As we well. do have to look at Gerald Everett. You're right, but let's start with an idiot. Murray.
1: I am. God,
0: no, be suck. nice. Be nice to my friend, Kyle. Um, all right. So just... Kenneth Murray, we we are in different places with Kenneth Murray. Um, and he's a tough player to eval. Here's here's what here's what I'll say about Kenneth Murray. I think he has some nice flashy moments. I thought his coverage was better last year. Um, obviously a really good athlete, and there there are moments for him. But I feel like the Chargers, by not having quality defensive tackle play in front of him, has really limited Kenneth Murray's abil- ability to to develop. Um, you know, I, I I I saw this in Buffalo with with uh, Tremaine Edmonds, and he played his best football this past year. But I also feel like this is the first year that the Bills had a legit A gap defender in DaQuan Jones. And they've been very much a revolving door there until DaQuan came, and I saw what a, a good one tack a good a gap defender can mean for a linebacker. Kenneth Murray hasn't had the players in front of him to for him to play his best football. Um, I, what's hard is putting him in a bucket because he's not a roster cornerstone or a quality starter. It's
1: hard to say he's an adequate starter. Um, well, neither but- one of us. Neither one of us dare to make that
0: no, but so judge. like for me, because I saw enough flash plays because he's still very young um, because of the circumstances that he's had to play through. I didn't want to put him in replacement level. I put him as at least quality depth because I feel like I can have, I would have a role for Kenneth Murray.
1: And it's like, it's too far into his career for it to be a pink incomplete evaluation. Yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty one hundred defensive snaps. Yeah, in three seasons. Fortunately, that's
0: just that's too much of a sample size for us to intellectually, honestly
1: tell you that it's an incomplete eval. So I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you. the The play in front of him to protect protect him mm-hmm. has not been great. But if that's the case, like you're in the wrong defense. Is that fair to say?
0: I don't disagree. Kenneth Murray, that. Hasn't,
1: Kenneth Murray hasn't developed into the right style of linebacker to play within this defense that plays so many two-high-shell presentations and light box counts where you yeah. have to be able to trace the back and fall back.
0: They the, Kenneth Murray has a very hard job as a run defender because he has to make the defensive tackles right, and they stink.
1: And the biggest question for Kenneth Murray coming out of Oklahoma is what? Processing. Right. So it's that's not that's 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 for me. Where it's like in this, de- especially through the lens of the Chargers and what you are trying to do defensively and how you're going to play, it's just not a fit. And that for for like I think Kenneth Murray could go somewhere else and be a quality depth player. Go play for Todd can-
0: Bowles. Right. Let Devin White get the hell out of there
1: and sign Kenneth Murray. <laughs> right. That's what I would where, do. Where there's it's it's much more elementary of my responsibilities at the snap get downhill, right? Like he is explosive and he's long and he can play off a contact fairly well and he's got great sideline to sideline range to chase stuff down. But in this world that you're playing with in Brandon Staley, there's been no improvement in my eye for the concerns of what he was coming out of Oklahoma, coming into year four as the same player. He's played seven, on average, 700 snaps a season. So for me, it was like, okay, this is more round peg square hole. I just don't think the style of the player and the strength of the player fits within what the responsibilities are that you're being given within this defense. Be the perfect Landon Roberts player, right? Oh, he'd be a dream because the, the upside in coverage is there, right? The upside yeah. to say, oh, yeah, he's athletic, he's long, he takes up more space. elandon has got lately his build-up speed and his little short arms and he's not a long player and he hits like a ton of bricks, but he's not as, as explosive as Kenneth Murray. Yeah, like that kind of player... That's played in Pittsburgh and, and played in New England and played in Miami with Josh Boyer. And, you know, what Minnesota is going to do now with Brian Flores as the D.C. These are all great examples of stops along the way. That's like get him in one of those spots and let it be OK. You see the guard pool? Get downhill and fill that. <laughs> but that's that's not really the world that we live in here, unfortunately.
0: The good news is we've had a good Kenneth Murray conversation. The bad news is I'm not not sure we're any closer to coming to consensus on
1: the player. So I I will concede this. Of the games that I watched, I I watched uh, Kansas City, Cleveland, San Francisco, Miami, and then uh, Denver. I tried to get a good sampling of teams that they played. I thought the games in the back half of the year, he did look better in coverage. So I, I would agree with you on the assertion that, you know, he got better, showed some high upside moments, and I thought they were kind of strung together at the back end of the year in coverage. That's where I focused all of my watches were were in the late season games and the playoffs. I mean, the early what, season what, 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 stuff was bad.
0: It was bad. I didn't see it. So that's not lingering in my head.
1: They, they declined his fifth-year option. They did decline his fifth-year option. He's Which, also missed about sixteen percent of his tackles the last two seasons. Well, but so the thing about declining that option is it's a silly number for linebackers now, right? Because all the edge defenders get put in that bucket. Yeah, it's a silly situation. We got to talk to the NFLPA. Y'all got to help yourselves out here. <laughs> um, it, would it be unheard of to put him as a pink? Your no. three player still on his rookie contract. I feel well, like but- that's the compromise here because I. I What's going to be different this year? It's the same bad defensive tackles. It's the same scheme. We've got Eric Kendricks
0: next to him. And, and Eric Kendricks, I hate this for you that you have to come into this situation to play behind these defensive tackles.
1: Like, you're not going to be able to play your best ball. So let me ask you this. Yeah. It's 12 months from now. We have the same conversation about Kenneth Murray. What bucket are you put him in? I'm going to be hopeful that... Brian Flores
0: signs him to no,
1: no. He, assign, he resigns down. with the Chargers. He resigns on a one-year oh, deal gosh. with the Chargers. It's twelve it's months from now. What bucket you never, put
0: Never-ending cycle. He's got something. Something has to be different for
1: him. This is the hardest conversation we've had yet. It is the hardest conversation we've had yet, and we. I feel good about our ability to suss through the other two guys on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, I hope so. Do you want to come oh. back to him? Do you want to sleep on it? I mean, sleep on it for like the next five minutes. Why would you do the other two guys? All right, let's let's yeah, let's go somewhere else. We have Josh Palmer <laughs> and Gerald Everett. Uh, you want to do
0: Palmer? Yeah, I have him as an adequate starter. Why? Why? Because I think he's got very
1: redeeming qualities. And first of all, he when he got a chance to play last year, he's very productive. Um, he's got but the off, the, but the offense was as inefficient as it has. Been ever been when they ran the volume through Josh Palmer.
0: Right, because he's the not The offense that
1: was worse for running through the through Josh Palmer.
0: Right, because he's not a blue. But, like, he's a serviceable player that can come out and give you good body control and hands and gives you some vertical components to his game. Like, for the type of role that in a vacuum you'd envision
1: for Josh Palmer, I think he's sufficient. Dude played. Dude low-key played almost 1,000 snaps last year. Got to feel the field a ton, because the guys are banged up, man. Okay, so let, let me ask it through this lens. Is Josh Palmer ideally an inside receiver or an outside receiver?
0: I think he's got some interchangeable interchangeability to him ideally. I don't know that I feel convictions about him being a one-spot guy over another.
1: Do you don't feel great as about as well is separate outside. So for me, I'd rather him play inside, and then you're getting into the world where you're taking away from Keenan Allen. And as a result, if we're going to put him outside because we want Keenan inside, then I think that reduces some of the redeeming qualities that he does because he is a big physical receiver. He has good concentration. He has strong hands. I get that.
0: I would say at a, at a minimum here, I'm going quality depth. I think you have him as replacement level, which I... I
1: I, I, I do. I feel like that's a, a reasonable compromise Okay. if you're interested in making it. I'm interested in making it quality. Okay. See, I told you this would be a lot less painless than Kenneth Murray.
0: Now, you're going to have to sell me on Gerald Everett because you got him as a quality starter. I am as a sufficient starter. So, a little got bit of this. His, go ahead. Yep. I interrupted you. That was rude. It's all right.
1: I'm used to it. A little bit of this is extrapolating what I think Gerald Everett is going to be with Kellen Moore. So the Chargers were obviously very one-dimensional last year as far as their run-pass splits, and rightfully so when you have a quarterback of Justin Herbert's magnitude. And I think it's incredible that we've been talking about the Chargers for 33 minutes, and like we've hardly mentioned Justin Herbert. He's awesome, (laughs) one of the better quarterbacks in the league.
0: He's super good, can do Um, everything.
1: But I I do think that this Kellen Moore offense is going to get the offense out of a box and give Gerald Everett more room to work after the catch. And I think that will allow him to do the things that he does best at a higher rate. I think there will be probably more favorable angles for him to be the the get-in-the-way blocker that I think he is as a hybrid tight end type. Uh, If you want the inline player, put Donald Parham on the field, right? Dude, 6'7", all of 260, 270, like just a really big body. Very different body type for Gerald Everett at 6'3", 240. But I do think that the Kellen Moore offense complements Gerald Everett's skill set to a much greater degree, and I think Gerald Everett is going to be a prime beneficiary from this Chargers offense. So that is kind of my status, if you will. On Gerald Everett.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for him with Callum Moore. I think he's gonna have a very productive year. This is this is my counter argument. I'm gonna give you groups of players. You tell me which batch of players Gerald Everett belongs with. Group A is Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermouth. Or is the other is a more appropriate bucket, this one with Hayden Hurst, Cole Komet, Dalton Schultz, and Hunter Henry. Okay. (laughs) It's a pretty good argument. It's pretty good. Pretty
1: good. I think the best case you have here is Hayden Hurst.
0: Because you would think about moving Hayden Hurst up?
1: No. Well, just doing the thing where you extrapolate qualities and put it into an offense, right? And we saw Hayden Hurst be really effective, but he was also really effective as like the fourth option for the Bengals last year. So I will concede begrudgingly here. So
0: Everett, like Eckler was by far their most targeted player last year. I know that that has to do with injuries to the rest, but you would think their pecking order. Their top three is very clearly Allen Williams and Eckler. And then the fourth option is probably going to be Everett. And then we'll see what happens with Johnson. And Paul. Do
1: you, do you think Eckler should have that much? play in the passing game
0: I think it's because of what we talked about at the very beginning of this they don't necessarily have the player that can like I think in, in lieu of having a traditional slot or, or a separation a quick
1: separation guy they use Eckler right so I think that's just, I'm, it's how just that like happens. I'm I'm sorry respectfully like Two hundred and thirty-one targets the last two years for Austin Eckler is not a very efficient way to run a passing offense when you have some of the skill players that you have at your disposal here. What were Tony Pollard's splits?
0: He got a decent amount of run. I mean, they threw it to him, but I don't know.
1: I don't think right. Tony hundreds. Pollard's never had more than fifty-five targets in a season. Eckler's probably not going to have the receiving production he's had the last two years next Well, year. and I I think that's a good thing for the benefit of the entire offense. It's not a good thing for fantasy football owners who are going to sit here and continue to draft Austin Eckler early and you know run up PPR points off of him and all that. But you know, as the saying goes, Joe, nobody cares about your fantasy team. Nobody for but the benefit like, oh, so of Justin sense. Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's throw the ball. let's take advantage of what Justin Herbert is capable of doing and let's space the field a little better. Let's lift the top off a little bit more. Let's create some run after catch opportunities underneath, whether that comes from Gerald Everett or Austin Eckler. I don't care, but we got to be a little bit more diverse. And obviously with Keenan Allen missing time and Mike Williams missing time, like I get it. Somebody had to catch the ball. It's why you have Quentin Johnston that you drafted in the first round, and it's why you have Gerald Everett and you have this stable of backs that go deep, like okay, put two backs out on the field at times. Like Dallas did with Zeke and uh, Tony Pollard. I just think we gotta so- diversify the portfolio here a little bit. So is Josh Kelly,
0: Zeke, and Austin Eckler's Tony Pollard?
1: No, oh, man, you know it's Isaiah Spiller, but I hope I hope so our guy. Come on, Isaiah! Hold on to
0: the football, baby. You got vision and contact. No fumbles, and
1: let's let's do it. Oh,
0: do we come to consent? We have to figure out Kyler. Kyler Murray. What am I? Kyler. Kenneth. Kenneth Murray. Kenneth. Ken Murray. Ken Murray.
1: I guess we can put him as quality depth. Oh. What did we? What did we put? Um, what did we put? Elandon Roberts. Have we even done that team yet? Have we? What teams he play plays for? Who? What teams he play for? I'm forgetting. Is he on the
0: Steelers. He's on the Steelers, isn't he? Yeah,
1: he's yes, on the Steelers. We, gave him re- we,
0: we did them. Game we replacement did. level. <laughs> Michael Walker was quality depth. <laughs> Oh, Burks, I don't know, man. What,
1: what, Here's what, what he, I could
0: tell you. I don't. I don't think he's replacement level. I would. I'm. I hate the pink label, but I could be talked into the pink label
1: being the appropriate play here. I think that is the appropriate for. It's the appropriate compromise. It's whether or not it's justified for how oh, much of a let's, size we
0: have. Well, let's keep the end in mind here. The end in mind here is we're ranking rosters, and you get a certain score based on where players fall. I don't think that the Chargers should be benefiting from having Kenneth Murray, right? That shouldn't be a positive mm-hmm. add to their team. I'm not necessarily sure that it should be a significant takeaway though, either. Right. So with that information and your understanding of this scoring, what makes the most sense from that that angle? I don't uh, want it to help him, but I don't necessarily want it to hurt him either.
1: He should be quality depth then.
0: Cause that puts him as kind of a,
1: it's it's a thing. very marginal score in the net positive versus if he's a replacement level, it's a marginal score in a net negative. I think that might be the best way for us to get there. There we go, Kenneth Murray, the world's the, the draft dude's most intense player debate yet as we reach the one month <laughs> stretch of doing this content. This is Team Fifteen, right? Halfway next, halfway tomorrow. Yeah, we, is it Dallas tomorrow too? So, oh, America's team. That's what they say. That's what they say.
0: You're the self-proclaimed America's team. you, go ahead. You do you.
1: I'm not sure that I can buy that though, because I seem to be privy to, um, another team having their quarterback on the cover of Madden. Is that is that official yet? No, but you've heard the same things I have. Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out on Wednesday. It's gonna be a
0: real shame. I'm not gonna be able to buy the game. I, I've been debating this myself. I haven't. I don't I mean whatever game box is PlayStation Three behind me. It doesn't even game have boxes. a cord. <laughs> Am I really gonna buy? I'm not. I can't do it. Joe, I can't do it. Do you know the content that we could create if you buy a system? I don't know uh, the content that we could create, but we I don't. I do know brief- that I don't. What? I can't imagine investing my time playing video games.
1: Okay. So everybody who's still here with us at the end of. The YouTube channel, uh, or if you're still listening on the podcast, please go to the YouTube channel, go to this video. We got great, uh, great interaction on the Dolphins video yesterday, which was awesome to see the comments starting to pop off a little bit. So we appreciate that. Get in the comments and tell Joe which system he needs to buy. And please don't tell him anything confusing because he is as close to like Gen X as I can consider anybody to be from a technology standpoint. So if you make a joke, he's not going to get it. Just tell him PlayStation 5, Xbox 1. Uh, is it Xbox 1? What is the <laughs> oh, Okay, yeah. Xbox
0: I don't know. The last one I knew about was the Xbox 360.
1: Here's yeah. the thing. You can
0: tell them yeah. what to give me. The better Series, thing that they need Series to do X. Is Series X. Series X. Sell me on on how this is going to be a good utilization of my time. You know you know what has NBA been games.
1: fun? You know what has been fun? And by the way, we're we're done, right? So we can kinda go I can go off on a two minute tangent here if I want. Oh wow, yeah, sure. I know you're ready to get out of here, and so am I. But um I'm doing one of the courses from uh JT O'Sullivan, the QB school, mm-hmm. and he's got all of his content is amazing. So I'm going through the course that is how to beat every coverage. And he has like ten to twelve passing concepts against Zero, cover one, cover two. I get to the brackets, cover seven, Sabin seven, brackets segment. Joe, he has a 60-minute deep dive on effectively installing all of the Sabin seven brackets coverages. He's like, it's a deep dive. It's super tedious. I understand. But if you're going to know the concepts that are going to beat this, we got to understand it. So here's 60 minutes of install on cover seven brackets. And it's it. I, I have been searching for the resources available to, to best help me retain the mechanics of how those zone and man-match defenses work. This is it. JT's got it. So I'm consuming this, and then I pop on Madden, and I play around with it. And you hear some players talk about, oh, yeah, I learned so-and-so on Madden. And so like, I'm trying to do that a little bit, and it actually is fun to see like some of it does help me with identifying and, and retaining information. So you can make it the case that it's going to help make you a better football guy.
0: Listen, I, I was wondering where that was going. And, I, and the entire time I'm listening to you, it's like, well, it sounds like this is a way better utilization of
1: my time than firing up the video games. And then you, like, tied it together with video games. Right. There's, there's a an extra layer there where you can actually go and try to do some of it. Yeah. I don't know, man. And then we could play together. We could do franchise mode. We could do our own expansion drafts, like we this did. Sounds, this
0: sounds like something that's going to keep me awake later than
1: nine thirty. That's between that's a, that's you. Hard... That's between you and your household. Yeah, I don't know, man. I know I'm gonna be up here in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> you have a, uh, another little baby sitting there screaming in the other room, so right, I might as, well. as well. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be up either way, right? Pop a bottle in, have you here and controller up here <laughs> why not so enter the comments long story short get in the comments tell joe what system he needs to buy and that's everybody's homework assignment for today i'm kyle krabs he's joe marino we're the draft dudes appreciate you guys checking out the show you can find us on youtube or wherever you to your favorite podcast. make it a great rest of your day we are out of here and we'll be back to talk about the cowboys again tomorrow peace